Hey ladies and gentlemen, this is Wolfman Dave. Please enjoy episode 57 of That Metal Podcast. This was a fun interview with Terry Jenkins of Draymora. Buy the ticket, take the ride. So, Wolfman Dave here, That Metal Podcast. I have a special guest today. Go ahead and introduce yourself, sir. My name is Terry. I am the singer and guitar player for a progressive death metal band, Dramora, from Seattle. Excellent. And I think it's perfect to have you on board because this week's topics for the podcast with, with me and my co-hosts, we're going to talk uh prog metal essential albums in prog metal uh, kind of our opinion doesn't mean that we're like that's the that's set you know what i mean right, right. so maybe you can give us a little bit of your opinion later on of maybe some prog metal albums that you think are essential listening um so that'd be pretty cool um but for right now let's get started with you um so seattle area before the quarantine, what, were you, what what was the 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 band doing? What was the action with the band, you know, at that time? Okay, so so last summer, I got to start there. Okay, I, I was in a death metal band that was it was I guess you'd call it progressive, but it was it was more on the death metal side. I have been a death metal drummer for like ever, okay, and um, kind of well known here in the Seattle scene, um, and. I was only with that one band for a while, years, you know, I'd say like four years, five years, four years, I think. Okay. Uh, I might be off. It was somewhere like three or four years maybe, but we did all kinds of stuff, played with all kinds of bands, and then we broke up in that summer, August-ish, something like that, maybe September, and then I was just going to try out and be in any band. Like I was just like, I knew all these other bands that I'd really yeah. liked for a long time, and they liked my drumming and we were just going to, I was just going to go drum for another band <laughs> um, and just keep doing what I was already doing. Cause I, I like playing drums, but um, then I started, I don't know. I had too many offers, I guess is what happened. I started getting really mm. kind of anxiety about stuff. And then I got really nervous about, I mean, just going and doing the same thing again. And so I thought before I just go and play drums for someone again, I will, I'll write some songs and uh, see if I can get some some people together. So really, right. it was me. I wrote from like September to, I'd say like, you know, December. I wrote all of this. I did all the lyrics. Okay. I did all the drums. I did all the guitars. I recorded all the drums downstairs in my house with um, you know, I got a little studio here. Yeah. And then, um, then me and uh, the drummer who I found, we went and recorded everything. And the vocalist Taylor, who he's the he does all the hard vocals, like the harsh, the screaming and stuff. Yeah. yeah. He got he got uh, in here and recorded everything, 
and so we were all getting really really excited we found a guitar player and we were like shit we're gonna play some shows this thing's gonna start rolling <laughs> and then we were just getting so stoked man everyone yeah. in the in the dramora camp i mean we yeah. looked looking at our logo we were like shit we got a cool logo our it's songs cool name sound too. cool yeah. the name's cool we we're getting lots of good feedback from the people we showed it to and then boom it's done so you know everyone had to stop and yeah. so we i thought it was only going to last a couple weeks or something but yeah. then it looked like wow this is going to go on for a while so yeah. you know that's what was going on we were really just getting super amped to get so was, get out and play this music yeah. but whatever <laughs> you know what i mean i mean it's it's kind of like a snowball effect and all of a sudden boom just comes to a halt you know that yeah it's a fucking bummer has a lot to do with yeah success I think. absolutely so, i agree with that yeah so <laughs> that's fucking crazy man yeah. So right now you guys are still writing. You guys are still recording stuff. And well, we recorded that whole album, and it's done. It's obviously it's going to be released on June 26th. Nice. So from I'm pretty amazed that that was just done in a few months. You know, everything yeah. was written, everything was done. And then I was already I'm already starting to write um, new stuff. Yeah. So I, I basically write most of the material. Um, aside from some of the arrangements get changed by the drummer and. Yeah. Taylor will come in and he he'll have to change stuff because of his vocal style and stuff like that. Right. Or he'll have really fucking cool idea to throw in somewhere. Right. And then I, I'll just be like, yeah, totally do that. You know, nice. um, but I have three songs right now for the full length, which I my goal is to get 10, 10 songs. OK. Um, and there we got three already written all the way with lyrics. So that's what I've been doing. I'm just kind of, uh, you know, I have so much time. I could write a riff, and uh, if I thought it was cool, you know, in my head, I could come home, put it on tape, uh, and then I could come back to it in a couple days. And I've never had this much time, so right. just, these things are just coming together. Yeah. It seems like it's going fast, but it's only because before I had to go to work, and so I'd yeah. have like an hour after work or something right. to do something, and that was yeah. it. Yeah. So it would take a lot longer. But now, man. I, just trying to be productive man right. yeah i agree and it's it's definitely unprecedented times you know this, this never happened before and i mean in our lifetime at least and uh and it's so strange you know uh bands are are you know sucking ass i mean everywhere they're having to some of them get day jobs uh do gofundme accounts um festivals are fucking getting canceled like crazy everywhere that's a lot of money tied up in that too. it's a lot of money yeah and so it's kind of it's a bummer you know but i'm you know at least there's some sort of silver lining in there with being able to write and whatnot um so let's go a little bit with your kind of like your background what's uh initially what got you into heavy metal what uh what got you into especially the proggy side let's say maybe of metal because um you know for some people they they don't do prog, <laughs> you know, you know, I don't know. It's um, it's funny that this is being called progressive metal um, because just like, I don't know, I was comparing it. You ever seen the movie Forgetting Sarah Marshall? I, I believe so. Where? Uh, oh, God, I can't Does remember. He, he, the, makes that, he makes a Dracula? vampire. Yeah. Yes. He makes the, OK, he makes that. And he's trying to make it serious. Right. And then all these people just think it's funny and yeah, it works. People right. still like it, but it's not what he was trying to do. Right. I yeah. feel like that's what happened to me with this. I was trying to make a thing, yeah. and then it just turned out what I thought it was wasn't what it was. And then people were like, no, that's that's like progressive death metal, Terry. And I was like, <laughs> oh, okay. 
well, is that good? And they're like, yeah, it's cool. You know, and I'm like, yeah. all right, well, as long as it's not a negative thing, I don't, I don't really care. I do like a lot of uh, prog rock and, and yeah. stuff like that, but I just, I didn't really, I didn't think that that's what I was doing, I guess. Yeah. And I'm not sure really what it is that is turning it over into that side yeah. um, of it being progressive. It might be the drums. The, probably. probably. Yeah. The time yeah. signatures yeah. and stuff like that. Um, I just think everyone does that now though. And, uh, so I didn't, I didn't think that was going to be a defining term for me, but I'm glad that it is defined and it's not like out there. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah You've yeah. seen those bands before where they like got 15, like we're a death, brutal, progressive, whatever, you know, like the <laughs> list goes on. I'm glad it's just like pretty defined. It's cool. Yeah. But as far as like my background, um, my dad, um, he is a guitar player and he writes music still. He was really into Rush when I was a kid and Led Zeppelin. Yeah, and I, at some point, records were not cool anymore. My dad had this huge record player. It was like taller than me. It was like a glass case, you know, nice. like yeah. Pioneer, Panasonic. Yeah. And he was like, shit, Terry, you can just have these. And he gave me all these records. So oh, I had like, God. yeah, I had like all the Judas Priest records, every single uh, one. I had, uh, and I remember listening to Unleashed in the East probably a hundred times. And then I had Excellent. Black Sabbath. Uh, I had uh, Dio and all the Rush records. And I listened to 2112 like a hundred thousand times. Yeah. I think I started to get my sensibilities for what I was going to like from that. Because when you're a kid, right. your dad's like the coolest person ever. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. I just kind of, you know, I liked what he liked. Um, as I got a little rebellious and older... I still <laughs> carry that stuff with me. But as a teenager, I started to really get into, uh, I don't know, Pantera was a huge one for me. Yeah. And we, I mean, that was an obvious one. Metallica, Megadeth, I went down that pretty generic path. And then someone showed me or gave me a CD called Live Cannibalism. And that is the live record that Cannibal Corpse made. Yeah. And it like just blew my brains out of my ass it was just is, like um is that with corpse grinder or is that it is with corpse grinder yes okay um so it's just like a greatest hits album essentially because pretty much right <laughs> yeah right i mean yeah. it, it was just it was it was like it was like nothing i ever heard like i'd seen yeah. shows i'd been to a couple concerts with my parents i think i saw johnny cash Oh, nice. And I, I, I did see Rush when I was 12 years old at the Gorge. My dad brought me to that. So those are the, my two references. And then I'm hearing this live show, <laughs> and he's just like, every song, he announces it like, yeah. I come blood. And then the song, you know, and it was just, I remember just sitting in my room going, oh, my God, I have to start a band like this, you know. And so it was Cannibal Corpse initially really that, I think pushed me over into the yeah. extreme side of stuff and it was a good gateway. I think I, I also, I was about 16. I want to say when Slipknot released um, their first album and yeah. the fucking Joey Jordison's drums on that blew me away. Yeah. And I, I really, I think I carry a lot of those sensibilities too. So I think like most of the people from my generation, we're yeah. kind of a melting pot because Altogether, I came up yeah. in new metal and I can't say that I didn't like corn. I still listen to some corn. And uh, there was a couple Limp Biscuit tunes I liked off $3 Bill. And uh, there was, I liked Taproot when I was a kid. I remember I mean, them, yeah. yeah. I don't really listen to that stuff anymore, but I remember, like, that's what was coming up around yeah, me. right. When I was, so I think, 
after a while, like everyone else, I got really insecure about liking stuff like that. And I just started mm. to go way into the death metal side. Yeah. Uh, just so my friends would think I was cool. And so it was it was on after that, man. I, I, I basically listened to like obituary and uh, yeah. I liked all the Florida death metal stuff. Death, obviously. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. And I think that death was if I was going to say they're not, I guess you can't call them progressive metal, but I think you could. Um, I believe after um, symbolic, I, I would say, uh, even before. No, no, not even in individual thought patterns was there's some trippy stuff on there yeah man philosopher and uh but yeah for sure i mean i i always get into arguments but with people about that because i there's a meme there was a funny meme and it shows this girl with like a big booty and then it has like the old death logo okay (laughs) on her on her face and then then there's the girl with like a flat butt and then it has the new death logo on it basically saying that old death is way better than the newer death i enjoy everything i don't have um you know what i mean like i'll enjoy everything that they've done it's not one specific album i mean i like their newer stuff because who knew that chuck would be able to kind of evolve in that manner you know what i mean yeah i mean i i obviously started listening to it after it was almost done you know like yeah same Right, I didn't come in when it was happening. I just right. I had a couple of tapes and I had a CD, a mixed CD, because back then, you know, there was no MP3 streaming right. site. <laughs> right. We just made burnt CDs and you'd like in your best handwriting, so it didn't look <laughs> like shit. Yeah, you know, right. This is death. This is the song, and you try to get them all on there. So yeah. I, you know, we made mixed CDs and stuff a lot, and I would you know make them for my friends if they didn't know about stuff, and and vice versa. I would get tapes and CDs that just had a bunch of different songs on them. Right. And uh, my friends very were very strong about listening to those bands. And uh, Death, I think no matter where you come in to that band, it's a kind of a different experience, but it's got that stamp on it. Like, yeah. it's going to sound like Chuck. He's got this yeah. iconic guitar sound, and he yeah. approaches those songs kind of in a way that only he did, you know? Yeah. And his vocals, man, were Absolutely. Kind, of, kind of... You know what? The only other person that I kind of feel like has those vocals is i think is i think it's patrick from uh pestilence uh patrick mameli i forget his name is yeah uh, I yeah i don't know if that's right but, but uh patrick. Pest- <laughs> yeah. do, do you know pestilence uh, i've heard a couple of songs they're really. i think they're dutch i think but he's probably the only dude that i know that could be as close to chuck as ever any and any vocalist this is pretty it's pretty fucking gnarly dude it's pretty good stuff yeah for its time you know if you look around the stuff that's around death at that point he's he's definitely got his own thing going on and i think that that yeah. was a big i think that was a big deal for people especially then but even when i was growing up for to have some kind of real individuality yes like it was going to make you stand out because they didn't want to sound like each other i know these days it's a little more subtle individuality than it used to be. Um, Just because I, you know, I I never really, I don't look into that too much. I always feel like I'm going to sound like an old guy. If I start, (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm running the risk of sounding like an old crabby person. If I, if I start going like, Oh, nobody has individuality. That's not true. Um, It's, (laughs) it's not that nobody has individuality, individuality anymore. It's just that I think 
everyone sounded very different back then. You know, if you picked yeah. up a Cannibal Corpse record in the first two chugs, I think I could hear, I could know who it yeah. was. Just yeah. like in the first couple riffs, I I know it was Death. Um, yeah. These days, I don't know. You know, it seems like sometimes some stuff sounds similar, and I think it might have something to do with everyone using the same amp simulations and yeah. same drum machines and stuff. And so it might take a little longer to get into the songs right. before you know who it is. But uh, I, I kind of missed that. But, you know, I, yeah. I like the recordings now better <laughs> than yeah. they used to be. Yeah, no shit, huh? I, I think you're right, though. Uh, it's a very, very, very excellent point you make that back then it was kind of like like you would say that you could hear the stamp on that on that band. Like, oh, that's this, that's this band. You could tell right away. And, yeah, you can't tell it anymore these days. It's Every band kind of sounds the same. Not same, but uh, – and not every band, but – in their specific genre, let's say, they probably do sound the same. Um, but, I mean, lately for me, like last year when uh, Count Decapitation released uh, their newest album, that shit fucking blew my mind, dude. Yeah, uh, talk uh, about an individual sound, I think. Yeah. You know, Dave McGraw's drum sound to me is fucking unmistakable. You can tell who that is. Yeah, And, that, and those, those vocals and that vocal style this time <laughs> was just... It almost sounded like if it sounded like old Devin Townsend, but like even a little pushed to me. Okay. I don't know why that's it. That's what it reminded me of almost. <laughs> like when Devin would get like way out there on those strapping albums. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It was crazy. Yeah. It blew me away though, for sure. Yeah, yeah. That was. I mean, they were on a fucking mission, dude. I can tell you that, man. There is. There has to have been some some magic going on when they were writing those tunes, man, because. When you hear it, it's like really fucking powerful. Like yeah. that was an excellent album. So yeah, we actually had it on one of our um, on our top ten uh, of 2019. Nice. Uh, yeah, it was a fucking excellent album. Now let's talk about Devin. <laughs> let's talk about Devin. Absolutely. So have you heard any of the podcasts that he's been that he has been doing? I've listened to a couple, and at first I didn't really know what to think about the style of the podcast, honestly. It was kind of more, you know what I mean? Like like this podcast, right? there's a guest, it's an interview, and then that's one style of podcast. And then there's right. the other style of podcast that, you know, just to kind of group everything together. You know, I know that's more subgenres, but that'll like tell you a story or sort of like maybe a murder mystery podcast or my friend right. does a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, you know, those are really fucking cool, too. Yeah. His is like, he just had to go making it ultra Devin. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. It was just weird. Yeah. yeah. It, it was interesting to me because um, he kind of ties in a lot of different um, little odds and ends because it's like, huh, I wonder what, you know, what was going on during that time? Why did that album yeah. come out? Why did it sound like that? Or, you know, what... And there was a lot of inner turmoil, you could, you know, in, in later albums that was going on that kind of gave us those sounds and and yeah. and those albums, you know. So it was very interesting for me. Uh, although there were times because just of, I don't know why, just his voice kind of would lull me to sleep. You know what I mean? Because mm. <laughs> yeah, he's no, like very he's relaxing. Got, he's yeah. got a really, I don't know, man. Like I've listened to every podcast that he's been a guest on. Yeah. And he's got a way of sort of streaming his stream of consciousness while he's talking yeah. is 
interesting to almost anybody who listens to it and it's a gift it's like he doesn't i don't think he really realizes he has it either and i think that makes it even more attractive it's kind of like like a chick who doesn't know she's super hot you know it's just like it makes her that much hotter i think that Devin, you know being so i don't know he's just a really good speaker and some of the stuff he talks about is so relatable and i remember you know, if we go back to your first question, I forgot to mention Devin, really. But I think okay. uh, so Alien came out in 2000 or 2001. Mm-hmm. And that's where I came in right there. Like I, I saw that album cover and yeah. I was like, I thought it was just a model, honestly, just like some dude who they dressed up. Like I didn't know that was the guy who was singing, you know, <laughs> and because uh, it just looked ridiculous. I was like, yeah. what the fuck is this? You know? <laughs> Then the songs were unbelievable. Yeah, like the the vocals were crazy. The drums, I sort of knew who Gene Hoagland was, but right, that was like, oh my god, this is so amazing. And it was like I could not stop listening to it. It was like I'm surprised it didn't melt in my CD player or something because <laughs> the the amount I listened to that CD. And then I went backwards and went all the way back and listened to everything. Found out he was in Steve Vai's band and all this stuff. Right. And the, the story was crazy. And like yeah. you're saying about that podcast, then I went diving even even deeper and I found out right. that, you know, he was kind of like literally going crazy yeah. <laughs> sort of in Pretty a way much, yeah. when he wrote Alien. Right. And, you know, that was, you know, the arc of their career. I think that was it. And then it made a fast decline because yeah. Devin was tired of the the anger and, the, yeah, the, the, you know, all the. Yeah, yeah. Strapping it ended, you know, right yeah. after the new black, which I think the new black was incredible. It was I just a, that. it was such a fucking middle finger yeah. to like everything that he'd ever done, but <laughs> like in a really good way. It was so yeah. crazy, you know. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, it's it's funny too because like uh, that's one of the albums that I kind of still spin still, and uh, the new black. Yeah, the new black and I love uh, that. Yeah. yeah, and city wrong also. side. I love. Fuck that yeah. Song. Fuck yeah, dude. I think there was I a... love the way it starts. Like, dun, 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 yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there was a video for that, I believe, and I think I I think there was a video for that. Yeah, I, think I remember right, yeah. I think I got my nephew like into that album. Wow. But I think I think uh obviously Yeah. I think it was the you suck, right? Uh, uh even yeah. your girlfriend kid sucks. Like exactly. that's that's a fucking I mean, dude, talk about I had a jukebox at a bar. Oh, yeah. That's beautiful just to put that shit on, man. That's hilarious. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know if you want to potentially give your two cents on maybe some essential listens uh, in the prog scene, the whole prog mm. world, you know? <laughs> um, like I said, you know, it's it's not exactly my – it's funny. You know, I, I didn't know if we were going to talk about it or not. It's not exactly my favorite – type of metal um it's it's more i would say if we're going to talk about progressive bands that i that i will say terry's version of progressive metal would be okay i think i can consider periphery to be progressive metal sure um especially their first two albums i think there's a lot of progressive writing on those extremely like that song race car um I really like that band. I know that that gets that always gets me a lot of hate or I'll see people be like, you know, why? You know, or they say they can't they can't stand the singing. Um, but 
you know, I listen to some brutal ass shit, just to be right. honest. But when I hear good music, I just can't deny it. And I know it's yeah. just like, um, I don't know, man. It's uh, that's one band I think that's done such a good job of keeping metal alive. I know that that yeah. might also be something that's unpopular, but there's not really a band that's doing it as like good as they are. I mean, one of Misha's, you know, obviously yeah. got enough money to drive a Lamborghini. Have you ever heard of someone in this day and age <laughs> making enough money <laughs> to have a house <laughs> and a Lamborghini and shit? You know, like that just tells me right there that there's hope. If you yeah. make a progressive metal band that has weird time signatures and dissonance and, you know, their single this year or last year from that, that yes. uh, new album was like 16 minutes long. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. How on earth could you possibly think that was going to be famous? You know, we all know that <laughs> that's not the formula for a like a popular song. Right. So that's what I'm saying is like, I, I love that about them and it's it's like there's some songs i just can't even listen to because it's just too into this like electro pop sort of yeah, too much the yeah. singing is laying it off a little too thick but uh, the stuff that's more on the metal side i think they do an amazing job and uh, like i said i think they just fly the flag really well like hey this is still going on you can still follow your dreams you can still stick to your guns and do what you yeah. like to do you don't have to write a fucking verse chorus verse in nashville to be famous so yeah. i'm not taking anything away from any songwriters in nashville but it just feels like for some of us that's kind of restrictive and uh if i'm thinking about prog metal the first thing i think is you know fuck the rules there's no rules here absolutely this is progressive thinking so yeah. um the next thing i would think in the beginning i felt like it was progressive was nevermore i think that they are they are yeah i think so and uh you know, at that time, I think that we'll talk like 2000 ish, like Dead yeah. Heart and the Dead World. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Right. It's uh, if you like clean vocals, which I do, World Dane probably does my favorite job of yeah. sounding evil and dark as hell. That's but also exactly what I was going to say. Professional yeah. singer, you know, yeah. to blend those two things. Yeah. The vibe of each song never really got to a point where it's happy. If I could say the feeling <laughs> ever got to a place where it was like hopeful, you know, right. um, especially on that album, there's some beautiful chord changes and stuff yeah. and just beautiful songwriting, but then also super dark. And this is 20 years ago now. Yeah. So, you know, if I pop that in, I think the songs hold up, but, you know, I, I don't true. know. How does a kid feel when they listen to Old Nevermore? I have no idea. Right. <laughs> You know, does it hang with the stuff now? I have no idea. So, but I, I have listened to it in the last year for sure. It's it's yeah. definitely, I listened to it like three or four weeks ago because nice. me and my friend Ryan were like, they should make a Nevermore documentary, uh, documentary you know? Um, why hasn't someone awesome. done that? Yeah. You know? Uh, but yeah, I remember listening to that when I was younger and just thinking like, we are, I knew who Dream Theater was. Yeah. And I love Mike Portnoy. And we all love John Petrucci yeah. and they're obviously respectable musicians to boot and cool guys and good representatives for the metal scene and loved by death metal and rock guys all alike, you know, but yeah, yeah. the singing in, in dream theater to me is just like fucking nails on a chalkboard. And it's <laughs> always been that way. 
<laughs> so like I have to really overlook the vocals in Dream Theater to really enjoy a song. Okay. So Nevermore was like the evil Dream Theater. They were like perfect for the people who didn't like James LeBray's singing. It was like not only was the riffage more evil, but you still had this dude. I th- I don't know, man. Uh Jeff Loomis always looked like the spawn of Satan. Something about yeah. his face. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <I> just... <laughs> he looks evil. Uh, and yeah. he just played like Satan himself. And it was just <laughs> I remember thinking like, these, these guys are fucking insane. Yeah. So that's another band. I think the other biggest band, and I would be completely ridiculous for not mentioning, um, I don't listen to them a lot anymore just because they've gone down such a weird path. But Opeth, yeah. um, insane would... band insane influence on metal every type of metal i think too everyone loves michael or did i don't know if yeah. some people are really opposed to what he's doing now um and i yeah. am somewhat sometime not super into hearing a bunch of fucking organs and acoustic guitars and stuff but right. you know it's his band <clears throat> although i argue that <laughs> i would argue that he could have just easily has done that as a side project yeah. And now bring that shit into the fucking band. Because, really? you know, I feel like, you know, he did, um, what was it, Storm Corrosion, I believe, with uh, Stephen Wilson. Okay. Uh, so that was kind of like their little trek of uh, weirdness. But their prog, their newer albums, I would say, they, they lost me, you know, <laughs> once... Uh, once, um, fuck, I forgot the name. It was after, I believe it was after Watershed. Watershed is the last album that yeah. I really paid attention to them as well. Right. After I that, actually thought that the dropouts in Watershed were cool. I was like, whoa, these folk instruments and stuff. It was cool. Yeah. But then it just went way farther into that <laughs> world. So a complete departure, man. I mean, it was, I mean, a total departure. Right. And... And it was like interesting because like now I couldn't do those albums. I couldn't do I couldn't even do was a sorceress. I couldn't do any of that. But the newer album I I, I could digest it easier um, because of my love for let's say Kansas, uh, Rush, older uh, prog rock bands and kraut rock bands. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, I I appreciate those bands. So. The new Opeth album kind of resonated with me because of that, so it was easier for me to to listen to it. You know, maybe enough time has passed and you've you've went through the seven stages of grieving or whatever. You know? I, I I argue all the time. I always say that too. And you know what's so funny? Uh, I'm. Uh, do you know that movie? Say anything? Uh, no. John Cusack with the. Okay, well, sure. Yeah. That's me. That's what I always tell everybody. Like that's me telling. Michael from Opeth, like, <laughs> please come back with your growls and, like, please come back to us, you know? I don't know. I, I feel like it's the same thing with, you know, death is a different change, um, but death did kind of the same thing. Dude, famously, Metallica did some weird thing, you know? I don't know. if It feels like the most brilliant people, in my opinion... They tend to get bored a little easier, maybe. I don't know if that's true or not, but Probably, after yeah. a certain amount of time, they're just like, they cannot keep doing the same thing. Their mind has to move to something else. Yeah. And like you said, 
you know, I think a lot of people in the very beginning of Alice in Chains, this is a weird, this is a loose uh, kind of comparison, but Alice in okay. Chains is one of my very, very favorite bands when I was a kid. And when Lane Saley died, I just assumed Alice in Chains died. But then right. William Duvall came along and yeah. they made that first album with him. And I was like, fuck this. <laughs> this is terrible. Yeah. He's not Lane Staley uh, <laughs> and all this, you know. And uh, I don't know. I didn't pay attention to it for a second. And then maybe like a couple years later, they came out with another album. And for some reason, I was cool with it. I don't know. I think that they'd. They, they'd, uh, it, I don't know. I, like I said, maybe I just grieved appropriately. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, you know what? I mean, it could that be. part of Alice in Chains is dead. There's, it's not coming back. Um, yeah. This version of him's still good. Um, yeah. Oh, you don't think anyone will ever compare to Lane Staley, but William Duvall's an amazing singer and stuff. Just like yeah. this, it's like these songs Opeth is making still quality music. It's not like he's phoning it in, you know. It, it feels like it'd be one thing if he made load and reload. No offense to James Hetfield out there, and like totally phoned it in. Yeah. But he isn't. Those the songs when you listen to them, they're well put together. And if yeah. we never heard the old Opeth and this was Opeth, this would have its own audience, you know. I would agree. So yeah, that's true. I think it's strange that, like you said, he didn't just completely like do something else. But. Yeah just like everybody that has ever made music, once you make a successful brand mm -hmm. and people recognize it, I don't know. It, it must just be scary to think that you're going <laughs> to not be able to carry yeah. on doing what you want to do. Maybe he didn't care if he defiled the name or whatever, yeah. you know, I'm pretty I sure he didn't, you know, it's pretty, it's funny that people are so crazy about that though, but yeah. just, you uh, can still listen to those albums. They still exist. That's, that's uh, my next question. What's your favorite Opeth? album uh i don't know if we could say album um let's see man i think we'll say the one that that i still can put on right now would have to be it's funny i think watershed man i think that's probably the one i love that you can listen to it from the beginning to the end not that you can't do it with every opeth album mm -hmm. but i think it was the first time that it i liked when they started stepping into that world Okay. It kind of showed me another side of their musicianship, right. and I really became more attached to the band. And then immediately, the next album, I became less attached. But I kind of had Opeth in my peripheral vision um, yeah. during that time when they were famous. Like, I remember hearing yeah, The Grand yeah. Conjuration, yes. and like that song was insane like ghost of perdition and those mm -hmm. songs I remember hearing those a lot i don't think i ever owned an opeth album until watershed just because my friends i think i do this thing it's like and it still happens now if someone goes terry you gotta listen to this and they just like pound it in my face i'll yes. be like no fuck that i'm not listening to that shit and i think that <laughs> i think that's what happened it's like they were dude terry you're a drummer you have to listen to this and yeah. i was just like i'm not listening to that fuck you you know yeah. uh, and then like years after it wasn't famous anymore then i why started did, to listen yeah. to it on my own like, because, why, why didn't i hear it before because i'm a stubborn <laughs> fuck you know I, i'm not so bad um, like that anymore but when i was a kid man i was just a yeah. fucking different person <laughs> yeah i don't know yeah. i had a, a little rebellious attitude problem you know yeah. So, yeah. What about you? What's your favorite Opeth album? Um, I was stuck between. I would say, Orchid, Morning Rise. Um, no Blackwater Park. Um, uh, Blackwater Park is amazing. 
but I feel like I heard <clears throat> Orchid and Morning Rise first, and I have like a lot of like a lot of sentimental value, you know, like to those just listening to those songs. Like uh, I believe it was a week ago, maybe two weeks ago. It was like the twenty twentieth, twentieth or twenty fifth anniversary. That is uh, gross. I know, dude. So I was like, holy Good, shit. <laughs> Uh, and of, of Orchid, you know, and I was like, fuck, like, I gotta hear it again. So I started listening to it again, and it's all these fucking feelings and emotions start coming out. And I'm like, god damn, that's such a fucking great album. Although, now listening to it and listening to everything they've done, it does sound raw. It does sound very. Um, At the time, that did know. not sound raw. At the time, yeah. I think that that album sounded a little overproduced to me. And that's Funny. really weird because now yeah. I listen back to it and I'm like, this is. Yeah, you're like you're right. It just kind of sounds like big and raw and yeah. open. Yeah, yeah. Comparison to today's recordings, for sure. Exactly. Now I feel like it's kind of honed in and focused. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. a, t- a total different production value. Uh, and so yeah, not to take away anything from Dan Swano because he's he's one of my favorite producers and and actually musicians in the whole fucking world, right next to Devin Townsend. Um, and Dan Swano is a prolific, you know songwriter and whatnot but he produced those early albums uh, early on and i just thought it was interesting how i mean he still put a stamp on that album but Uh, they they did sound a little bit you know now that i listen to it it's like they're still amazing and i think they when i go back to let's say still life and dream uh blackwater park that's when everything starts to get full that's when everything is like oh fuck this sounds awesome like super awesome so yeah, um, definitely those those two albums though I keep going back to all the time, uh, and there's just something to be said about that kind of uh, old <laughs> old. Yeah, uh, well, it is now, but yeah, you know, those riffs. It's like I was saying about like fucking Nevermore and Opeth, you yeah. know, sort of came up in in a lot of in a lot of ways on the same time, yeah. and Nevermore a little bit before Opeth, but that riffage was uh, like a timestamp. And if I hear those albums, it's like, it just reminds me of the the period of music that was around it. Cause right right at that time, right when Opeth started to get really famous, they were about to get a lot less famous because of the fact that there was this whole nother crazy ass shit coming through called Deathcore. And my God. Yeah. It like exploded at that time. And that's more of where I came in. You know, after all that was uh, like Job for a Cowboy, I remember, yeah. was the first CD I'd ever heard like it. I think I just never heard anything quite like that before. It was the recording, like, wasn't very great, even for that time. <laughs> yeah. And uh, But it was just so brutal and, like, raw. And uh, it sounded like a bunch of angry-ass kids, which completely appealed to me. Yeah. And uh, I was, I think I must have been like 20 or 21 when that album came out. Maybe Gore, uh, maybe, I can't remember, but my buddy showed it to me and the name sounded fucking weird and I thought it was just a joke. Yeah. But then I listened to it and I was like, this is so brutal. And then it just, <laughs> this whole mentality that I think on this generation that's different than the one that's right before that. And it's just a total step forward or a turning point, at least in yeah. my vision, is that before, if you were a guitar player or a songwriter or something, no one was doing stuff that they couldn't completely nail. And it's not like a knock on new bands, but like 
Opeth wouldn't have wouldn't have done something on the record that they couldn't pull off live, or they wouldn't right. have been able. They wouldn't have shown anything to you that they didn't have perfected. Same with Jeff Loomis and and everyone else. There was a lot of emphasis on being able to play it from start to finish and stuff like that. Whether right. you think that that is an important aspect of being a musician or not is totally up for debate. Obviously, because right. if you just bring it up, a ton of kids. And younger people will tell you that it doesn't fucking matter that, you know, it's not that big of a deal. If you can't play it from start to finish, you know, you can always learn it later and all this sort of stuff. So I won't debate any of that, but it definitely was a time when I heard that album. And yeah. on the album, I could hear that these people could barely play those riffs. The drummer could barely get through some of those <laughs> passages and yeah. stuff like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Where it was being played in such a way where it wasn't perfected. And it was like, I think that that was appealing to the, to us and to the people who are going to come after that. Of course, there was Deathcore that had the big cannon shot snare, you know, that if you right. say Deathcore now, that's what people that's what they associate with Deathcore is that like Joey Sturgis fucking cannon shot snare and the the pitch corrected vocals and the perfect guitar, you know, and everything. Yeah. Um, but to me, Deathcore is like that first Whitechapel record. Like the first Suicide Silence, the first job for a cowboy, like that raw, insane sounding okay. metal. Yeah. It still sounded extreme to me. I don't know where it took that turn and became what it is now, really. I mean, I'm sure we can right. analyze that. Yeah. But yeah, man, as far as like progressive music, I think that that was progressive. I think that that was like some of the most progressive stuff I'd ever heard. Right. So, okay. So your question you're asking right oh, now, yeah. it's like how how it changed is that. Right, like how how the music at that time evolved to that, right? Right, I know that. It, like I said, it went from like that. That's a good question. Early two thousands to mid two thousands, there was a mm -hmm. fucking complete shift from this really pristine, thought out thing, right, to like a way more punk rock approach to, and you know when I think yeah. about the word core in anything, say hardcore, deathcore, metalcore, to me yeah. back then at least it meant no guitar solos, no fucking singing, no talented things can happen. Like right. you have to be core music. And when I thought about metal core, I thought that at least in the beginning, Hatebreed was kind of the first metal core band because they weren't sure. hardcore and they definitely weren't like thrash and they definitely weren't playing guitar solos. It right. was like the very core of what a metal band would do without the outside stuff, you know, right. no big nasty guitar solos and stuff yeah so deathcore to me was like death metal without all of the trem picking and the fucking you know all this sort of crazy yeah. stuff that death and death metal did which was basically like progressive metal um but then it turned into this whole thing where that's really not what it means anymore what is core yeah. music because yeah, yeah they definitely play solos they sing it's very produced Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. what do you think about that? Very produced. Yeah. I mean, it to me it was interesting because I kind of feel like it was. I think it was a direct response to the new wave, and I put this in quotes: the new wave of American heavy metal. Oh no, that's a real with, thing. You don't have to quote that. <laughs> with uh, with uh, Killswitch mm -hmm. and Lamb of God, let's say, and all those other bands early on. Shadows Fall. Shadows Fall, especially Shadows Fall, and all those bands. I think it might have been a direct response to them. As they were a direct response to new metal, as new metal was a direct response to, let's say, grunge, you know, so like there's kind of like these little waves of music that comes through uh, 
from previous generations of, of music that's been coming out. Uh, I mean, for me, the biggest question was, like, where the fuck did death metal come from so fast? Right. So fast, like, in the late, maybe mid-80s to late-80s, they're, like, gurgling and they're bubbling and they're coming out. They're doing their things. You know, death was starting to write at that time as Mantas. And all of a sudden, all these bands came out. Uh, and they were writing faster, more extreme than anybody else. But, like, how? <laughs> all of a sudden, fucking double bass. You know, all of a sudden, you have Napalm Death. You know, they're they're doing blast beats. They're doing all these kinds of... of like, the musicianship went fucking sky high. From oh, yeah. thrash to that. Like, I don't know how the fuck that happened. Maybe the I don't same know, and then thing. it birthed that whole thing, the slam, you know, as far as like yeah. suffocation and stuff like that. Right, right. That extreme yeah. to me, dude, I love that aesthetic. I don't know yeah. what it is about slam. Like, the bands seem to not last long enough for anybody to like dig their teeth into as much right. as like other metal genres. But it's just like there's something about the old slam and. And just like that, the drummer who just can barely not keep up, like it's yeah. just too fast or whatever. And just those chugs and the toilet gurgle vocals, dude. It's just like, <laughs> yes. It's just like nonstop breakdown, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, I've heard some bands call themselves Slam now, and it's like very polished. I'm like, that's yeah. not fucking Slam. It's like really thought out. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean exactly. Yeah. But it's, I mean, it's the fucking times are changing, man. So. I know it's not all sound like an old man, but it's funny. Yeah. So, but so being from Seattle, um, what's your uh, do you know um, Agaloc, uh and bands that are kind of like this? They take uh, advantage of this, you know, the Pacific Northwest being with the environment, kind of letting it seep into their music. You know, um, it's one of my favorite bands is that from out there in the Washington. Uh, Oregon area. Who is it? Agaloc. No, I've never heard of that. Agaloc. Okay. Well, check it out for sure. Yeah, they're a great band. They're kind of similar uh, to older Opeth. Okay. Uh, but not exactly. They're their own entity. I know they will argue that all the time. Uh, but yeah, they have a lot of this kind of like neoclassical guitar, uh, acoustic guitars, and the early stuff, and then also all of a sudden it gets heavier. You know, do you have your clean vocals? Do you have your growls? Uh, but definitely like a light and day sort of situation with the music from acoustic to heavy, you know? Yeah. So that's why, I, that's the only reason why I would compare them to Opeth because they would, they go back and forth to that. Um, Agaloc. I'll check that out. Yeah. That. I would, I would uh, recommend Pale Folklore. It's probably a great album to start with. Cool. Uh, and then you can work your way up from there. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's been actually it's been pretty badass having you on board, man. Uh, cool, man. Got, I mean, because we're just talking, dude. It's already like forty some odd minutes in, and oh, yeah. it didn't fucking feel like it, <laughs> you know. Oh yeah, no. Uh, you know, if we're talking about Seattle bands right now, sure. My favorite bands that are like here is a band called Not N O T T. Um, okay. they're like even they're like more gnarly than i mean if you like acacia strain um, okay. like the brutal 
like kind of simplistic uh kind of like the it's like a they create like a soundscape but like a really evil one and it's just kind of like noises and you know simplistic but it's very meaningful and emotional um not is a band to check out super super fucking cool they're way cooler than a strand i think but you know that's one band and then blood and thunder they're a mellow death band from here and uh they're I don't know. They're they're probably the coolest band around here only because I love them. <laughs> like I've played with them a lot. Um yeah. and they're just they're so fun to see live. And their drummer is this vocalist. And he does all this okay. du- like this crazy death metal drumming, yeah. but then also he's the vocalist. So nice. That must be tough. Dude, it's super cool. Yeah. Like, he's yeah. so good. Um and then uh Rat King, I can't forget them. Rat King is amazing. Um, Aetherius is from, they're not from Seattle, but Tacoma, which is right next to Seattle. They're a tech death band and they're on the artisan era. So they're with like flub and symbolic and all those bands. Um, I play with them all the time. There's a few bands. I don't know. As far as Seattle uh, goes right now. Have you heard, uh, Greyhawk? No. Greyhawk. I know they're from Seattle. That sounds hella familiar though. Yeah. They're uh, like a traditional heavy metal band. Okay. Straight. Judas Priest on steroids. I mean, fucking oh, cool. amazing. <laughs> amazing, dude. They're amazing. Yeah. I actually reviewed one of their EPs because uh, I uh, I wrote a little bit for um, – I reviewed albums for a bit for uh, Metal Temple. And so I was like, what is this? This is Greyhawk. All right, let's check it out. And I'm like, fuck, this is badass, dude. It's just traditional. you know. And, and I believe they released a single just recently. So they're going to come up with their full-length album and pretty soon. So be on the lookout for that, too, if you like traditional heavy metal. I do. Yeah. So what's, uh, what's in store for, for you guys in 2020? Um, I don't know when everything is going to open back up. You know, I, I have a lot of people that I talk to, obviously, that are giving me updates about when the shows will open and um, when – and how that's going to work and what the restrictions will be and all sort of stuff. And it's looking like pretty soon they're going to be able to have shows, but yeah. nobody really knows exactly what that's going to look like from venue to venue. Right. And so I don't know, man, we want to get out and play as many shows as possible. And we also want to get on a tour. That was the whole right. plan. Uh, I had a connection into a tour and you know, I was so stoked. Like I said, we had all this stuff like pretty much lined up, man. And right, man. It's all that is gone. So, Fuck. That well, that's it's like I just got to got to get in there. And like I'm right now, I'm trying to do some business deals where yeah. I'd like to get on tour um, and get out there and start playing in front of people and get our music in front of people. But as far as that's concerned, as soon as it's open, we're going to play and we'd love to come. We'd love to go down to Texas. We'd love to come yeah. all the way down through Arizona, through Texas. We'd love to do that whole thing if yeah. possible. Oh man, so that'd be awesome. You guys hopefully there's something we can get on that's like yeah. forty dates is what I would like to do. Yeah. Um, right away. And then, you know, in twenty twenty, my goal is to have a whole nother album ready to release by next summer. Like done, nice. artwork. Yes. everything that was that's my goal that doesn't mean that's gonna happen but <laughs> the way things are moving right now i would say it's a pretty good possibility that i'll have a whole nother album ready and we're gonna just keep pumping away man right um i want to make this band into i want to i want this specific band to right. be something big 
because I can see the potential in it. When I listen yeah. to it, I know it sounds way, I guess it looks like the potential to it is, is more than any death metal band I've been in before. And it doesn't seem constricted. Like I would have to, it's not going to get limited by the size. I think that right. it would sound good. Like home. I think that would sound great on a yeah. big stage. I've been in bands where I knew that that band was not going to translate at the show box in Seattle or right. something like that. Just cause there's, too much double bass, too much fucking gutturals, too much of this, whatever it was. It just is right. too too extreme or whatever. This band, I think, you know, none of it was contrived or anything like that. It was just the way it ended up sounding. But you know, now that it's all out there, it seems like uh, I'm getting a lot of attention. Yeah. And um, when I'm showing it to people that have these tours, that have deals that, you know, I've, I've sent stuff to before over my music career, are way right. more interested in this by a long shot than anything I've I've dealt to anyone before. So right. just by that, I'm seeing like this has some hope. Yeah, um, for maybe sure. Maybe I could get out there and tour. But that's, yeah. that's the plan, man. And uh, nice. the near yeah. future is June 26th. Our album Awakening is out. The whole thing. It's five songs. Fuck yeah, dude. So right now, uh, are there any... Uh streaming sites anything that people could uh listen to everywhere you can possibly listen to at home is out there okay. and we need a lot more uh like followers on spotify for sure i haven't been pushing yeah. it as much just because as you probably know you know you only want to post so much every day right. <laughs> i don't want to yeah, like yeah, annoy yeah. people um but i got to choose <laughs> what i'm posting and a lot of this is like we're getting reviewed by websites and we're getting reviewed by people and so yeah um I'm gonna give those people the love. Anybody who wants right. to pump, you know, pimp my band, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put them up first. You know, yeah. fuck me, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put them up there. So that's yeah. gonna take up the majority of it for now. Right. After the album is released and everyone's done, you know, reviewing it and everything like that, I'm probably gonna start pushing it even harder. But since we're here, yes. go check it out. It's Dramora, D-R-A-E-M-O-R-A, and our website's Dramora.com. So there's no like okay. weird website and everything is there the videos uh there's a vlog there's other video interviews um nice. I'll, if this shows up and i'm able to download it i'll probably put yes. this up there sure um so yeah we're always adding stuff to that there's a ton of merch there and we have our fan club that is called the legion of scum so if you want <laughs> to it. sign up for the legion of scum just go down to the bottom of the website type it in there we don't really post that much stuff so you're not going to get spammed but Every once in a while, you know, something really important will come up we need help with or something like that. And if you want to be a part of that and be a, a really like a super fan, go and sign up for that. Nice. So that's Dramora, Dramora, dot com. Fuck yeah, dude. That's pretty cool, man. I, I mean, that's you guys. I think I think after this crummy summer and on to the winter, spring you guys are going to fucking snowball, you know? So I hope so. Keep that fucking, um, got to keep the momentum, man. Momentum, dude, for sure, man. For sure. So, all right, Terry, brother, it was a fucking pleasure to have you on board. Likewise, my friend. Um, hopefully I'll come out on your podcast. If you want, you know, let me know. Absolutely. If you want to do it this week, let me know, man. Sure. I'm, I'm up for the summer. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds great. So I'm any day, brother. So, All right, guys. Thank you so much. Peace. Adios. Awesome.
Take a empty show Of a 